This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome back to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing well also. And uh, today we wanted to get into the topic about, we've talked about renting here on this podcast before, but we wanted to get a little bit deeper into that. And the rental process, for those of you who haven't already seen uh, our previous episode on that, uh, it's, it's worthwhile having an understanding of the overall experience because the process that you may find in Italy will differ significantly than what you will see in other places. And there are some very good reasons for this as well. But Marco, I know that in uh, Italy, there are a lot of questions that the owner will ask you. Some of these you will hear in other parts of the world, but in Italy, there's a lot of details, like very, very deep details uh, that may be asked for. And so would you mind maybe sharing some of those those questions that your your customers get asked by landlords that they may usually find a bit surprising? Yeah, like you said, it's a little bit surprising for some of our clients to, to, to understand and to know which questions you are often asked by landlords in Italy when it comes to renting an apartment so i know in other countries i've lived in other european countries and in some countries it's very easy to rent an apartment as easy as saying i want that apartment calling the landlord and just just coming to an agreement about the price and and moving into the apartment same day <laughs> same day or maybe just just two days after in italy it's a little bit more of a process and and maybe later we will explain the reasons behind these questions but you can expect the landlord to want to know who you are meaning what is your profession and there's more actually that they want to know they want to know how much money you make sometimes and that can be that needs to be proven they want to see your pay slips and if you are not a um, an employee, if you have your own company, they might even want to know and want to see your uh, tax returns to basically understand how much money you make. And there is a specific reason. Of course, they don't they don't want to know your business, but they want to have the assurance that you will be able to pay the rent. In Italy, landlords in, in areas that are not considered to be tourist areas, they prefer to rent long term. So they want, they want to choose, they want to be able to choose people that can stay in the apartment long term. So not only they want to be able to check that you have the capacity to pay the rent every month, but also they want to know and they want to have a sense of who you are to understand if you're going to be staying there, for example, um just off the top of my head uh, the the we have a big amazon facility in in my hometown that just opened recently a few um years ago and their landlords they expect uh tenants to stay 
for the duration of their uh, contract because they know that they relocate from other parts of Italy to that specific area to work at Amazon. But that's more of an exception because in general, in Italy, people, they want to choose for their property somebody that can stay long term. So they want to know how much money you make. They want to know where you work. Is your uh, work local? Do you have an open-ended contract? and Or do you have like a short-term work agreement? Will you be leaving the apartment soon? And if the answer is yes, they will tend to choose somebody that will be able to stay long-term and somebody who will be able to um, guarantee that they will be able to pay the rent and, and they don't really rely on your word. They want to see on paper who you are, what's your job, what's your tax returns and your contract and pay sleeps. And not only that, they want to know uh, who your family members are, your immediate family, are you going to be moving with, in the apartment by yourself or with your wife or with your wife and kids? A family is more likely to stay in the apartment long term. Of course, it's not everywhere in Italy, in places where it's more common to come and go to, to maybe touristy places or, or, or places where for other reasons people don't stay long term. But I'd say it's more common overall in Italy for landlords to ask these questions rather than to not ask as many questions because they want to have the assurance that you will be paying the rent because it's very hard in Italy to evict. So in case the rent is not paid, mm -hmm. the eviction process that the landlord needs to put in place through a lawyer is not only expensive, but it's also long and it's very regulated by the law. Meaning, for example, if, that if there are minors in the apartment, you can't really just change uh, the key and, and tell your tenant to move out. It's much more complex and it's much more um, it's almost a duty for the lender to leave the people there in the apartment in general it, as an overall situation in Italy until a judge has, and through a very long process, which is longer than in other country, has basically ordered the people to leave. And as a last resort in Italy, the local police can also come to the apartment and physically uh, take people out of the the place, but it's in general the 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 thing is that in general it's a much more it's a much longer process and a much more expensive process and um and complicated and 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 you need and you need the help of a lawyer. So that's why landlords are very extremely careful about who uses their apartment. And even I've heard in unusual situations such as that, because again, people really, landlords really do their due diligence to make sure that like whoever's moving in can stay in there. And like, if say it's a husband and wife moving in and say the wife were to get pregnant, they want to make sure that the, the husband's income would be able to support that. Even, even if the wife is still getting benefits from her time off from her contract and so on, they want to make sure that it's possible to have that. And then in the unlikely situation, the, the rare situations, that uh, these landlords do actually go through the process or, or think about the going through the process rather 
a lot of landlords end up not doing it because of the expense and sometimes it's easier just to wait for the end of the contract to just uh, expire and just not renew the contract there because of how expensive it can be to go through all of these and how time consuming and how lengthy it can be just even if it's a couple of years out they take that into consideration yeah definitely absolutely but along with some of this interview process and some of the questions and the documents that you have to produce uh, i know that often that they'll ask for a deposit uh, and and also potentially even a guarantee of some sort how does somebody even go about showing that how do they go provide that information or give that guarantee or to give a deposit what does that normally look like in italy in in other countries uh, again it's it's the situation is much less complex and it could be in some countries as easy as choosing an apartment and just uh, moving in sometimes they ask you to pay the first month maybe the um last month there is no contract there is no duration set in a contract and there's no termination notice you pay and you stay there for as long as you want to live in the apartment in italy it's the the process of renting an apartment like we're saying it's a little bit more complex and what you will ask to pay is not only the first monthly rent but i'd say in the 99 percent of the cases uh two or three so a payment that is equal to two or three um monthly rents together with the first month so you could end up um paying the equivalent of four monthly rents just to move into the apartment not to mention the need to pay for a real estate agent if one was was involved meaning that if you found your apartment through um a real estate agent that was advertising that apartment they will want to be paid as well and normally they will uh, charge you the equivalent of one monthly rent so it could be um, as much as five monthly rents just to move into the apartment of course it goes without saying that the three uh, monthly the three months that you paid as deposit will be returned to you at the end of the contract if you um if you if you didn't cause any damage to the apartment and normally what happens is that the landlord will check the apartment before the day before you move out or the week before you move out to make sure that everything is fine and you know with the exception of damages that are caused by the natural use of the unit it, you will not be charged anything so it's very likely that the, the whole deposit will be returned to you but of course if something happened to the apartment if you uh maybe ruined one door or if you have like animals in the apartment pets that that cause damages you may be asked to either cover them or the amount will be deducted by the uh, security deposit that you paid uh when you moved in and um and talking about income and uh, the need for the landlord to know who you are if you do not have enough income if your if your income is too low low if you do not have an open-ended contract so maybe you have a, a six months contract and that's that's what you have and and you do want to have that apartment the landlord may ask you to have a co-signer to have a 
guarantor that signs um, on a piece of paper that he will uh, pay the rent on your behalf in case you, for whatever reason, cannot pay your rent. So that's also very common, especially for young people who maybe uh, are just started to work. Um, in Italy, we don't have this credit score that you mentioned to me before we started recording the video. So somehow the landlord wants to needs to be sure of who you are and what's your uh, capacity to pay the rent every month. Yeah, that's that's a huge point right there. And that's what a lot of people, especially coming from the U.S., don't necessarily understand is that the U.S. is somewhat unique in its credit score system that allows a person to take advantage of credit or loans, lines of credit uh, in a different way than is possible in other in other parts of the world. Like, again, even a credit score can be used to determine like how maybe likely you could be to actually pay up some of these things. Whereas in Italy, that would be determined uh, determined through your your work contract, your pay slips, and how long you've had your contract, how long your contract is supposed to last for. Because that's a, another common thing in Italy, just culturally, that people will stay in their jobs for a much longer term and not go from job to job or kind of switch out and move so often. That's another thing that actually I think is worth bringing up uh, in Italy about the the contract length, the, the term contract, how, how that can be. Because a lot of people may have heard about three plus two or four plus four, but not understand what that means, especially if they've looked up on any websites online, like what is four plus four? Is that eight or is it, what is three plus two? Is it five? But then why does it say these numbers divided? So could you maybe explain quickly how that system works as well? In Italy, the standard duration of a lease agreement is either four plus four years or three plus two years. And I know it sounds strange. So the, the explanation is that the duration is four years and it's renewable. And if neither the landlord nor the tenant says anything, the contract is automatically renewed for four more years. So that's why it's called mm -hmm. four plus four contract. And the same goes for the three plus two. So there are two different contracts with two different durations, but uh, it's the, the duration, the initial duration is three years and it's renewable uh, for two more years. And I think it's something that is very mm -hmm. um, unique and probably peculiar. We only have in Italy, I, I don't think I've heard that in other countries, but that's how it works in Italy for, for standard contracts at least. Right, I, I guess that makes sense with that explanation, like that you have that protection for that extra period of time. Um, whereas I guess beyond that period, is it, allowed for the uh, landlord to raise the prices or um, does that have any dependencies there on on certain situations i know about like for example the cedulare secca i don't know if that would apply in the same situation if it's between two separate contracts or if it's only for just a singular contract so basically the way it works is that at the end of the first four years or three years the landlord has the ability to um, terminate your agreement if they don't want to have you as your um, as their tenant anymore. But like I said, if no one says anything, the contract continues and it's automatically renewed. But then at the end of the second four or two years respectively, then at that point, the contract can be entirely renegotiated by the parties. So the landlord has the ability to 
raise your rent or change the conditions or change anything in the contract. So basically you have to make a new contract to continue using the apartment. And as for the Cedulare Seca that you just mentioned, of course you're referring to the taxes that the uh, landlord has to pay on the rent, uh, which constitutes income. So to replace the normal income taxes in Italy, the landlord can opt for this uh, Cedulare Seca regime, where basically they pay generally a lower fixed percentage on the um, income uh, that comes from uh, the rental rather than uh, taxes being based on the amount on the uh, amount of your income which in Italy can be uh, quite high if your income including the income deriving from uh, rentals is is high now the interesting thing is that with this peculiar regime uh, basically the landlord um, agrees to not increasing the rent over the years not even due to uh you know the normal inflation so because basically the landlord agrees to this special tax regime where they pay this flat amount uh regardless of the income coming from rentals uh they also though give up their ability to request a an increase of the monthly rent due to inflation there is also a benefit for uh, both the landlord and the tenant because the registration tax, and we can talk about that, uh, about the, the need to register the contract, the, the lease agreement, but that's not due. So when uh, this, um, when the landlord opts for this uh, peculiar regime, then the registration tax, which we need to be paid um, in a normal situation, is not due interesting how that works so uh, what about maybe in a normal situation where the owner doesn't opt in for this how would it work with all of those uh, those aspects so normally when you enter into a lease agreement uh, the lease agreement needs to be registered with the uh, revenue agency so it's something else that is very very unique and and probably a requirement that is not present in many other countries where you just sign a lease agreement and that's basically it in italy you not only have to sign but the lease agreement needs also um needs to be registered mm -hmm. with the italian revenue agency and a registration tax is due and it's not a super high amount but it's there is this tax that's due and it's due um it's payable half by the normally in a normal situation unless it's agreed otherwise it's paid half by the landlord and half by the tenant. That's interesting that there potentially could be that fee because that's, a, again, one of these things that just isn't uh, a normal part of the process in other countries. And um, because it has to go through the tax revenue services, as we've mentioned in other episodes, having the Codice Fiscale is very important for this process because it attaches to other potential services as well and, and processes. Um, because I, I know you mentioned in the previous episode about how the uh, the services that you guys are now offering to be able to help people uh, relocate to a new country, that there are a lot of things to think about. And this is some of what you end up taking care of uh, on your side or help at least facilitating uh, because this can all get very complicated because another aspect that I'll just add in here that's maybe a little bit unusual 
in Italy is that it's not uncommon, uh, and one of the reasons why it can take a little bit of time to have a, a contract signed is because there can be a little bit of a negotiation period. In the States, it's very normal that the price that's written for a rental would be the final price. But if you're going to buy a property, then of course the negotiation could take place. But in Italy, a negotiation might not just take place on a property that you're going to purchase, but potentially also on a property that you're going to rent. So that's something that's also to be aware of. So it's definitely worthwhile keeping in mind that this could be. It's not going to always be the case because it's going to depend on the local market and how uh, how many apartments are available, if it's a renter's market or an owner's market. And if it's there's a lot of, of stock available, then you may be in a little bit of a better position if the owners are a little bit more desperate to get somebody in there. But if there's uh, fewer apartments available and the owners can kind of be a bit more picky about who they want in there, then that's also another thing to take into consideration. Uh, but Marco, I do think this might be a great place to end out this episode. So of course, thank you so much for making yourself available again. And if anybody's needing help with relocating to Italy or through the purchasing or rental process, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com or give us a call at the numbers on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if anybody's interested in more content like this about Italian real estate or moving to Italy, getting an Italian property of your own, or some of the little nitty gritty details about that, or even where to move in Italy, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast. But of course, if you're subscribed to this YouTube channel, you also automatically are subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast, where we have a lot of conversations about the legal side of moving to Italy. Of course, also, if you're interested in more information about life abroad, living abroad, living abroad as a dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can search for the audio-only podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter. But Mr. Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com, thank you so much again for making yourself available. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.